Welcome to Get Shift Done podcast episode three, brought to you by Shifties and Shift Momentum. Now today I've got a very special guest. I've got a lady called Danielle Bridge, the CEO and founder of ABC Life Support. She's an amazing woman, an amazing social entrepreneur, and she's here to talk to us today about social enterprises and mental health. She really is. I, I, I couldn't put into words exactly how inspirational this woman is and and this podcast really i'm I'm just going to dive straight into it i know it's going to be thought provoking please do um, reach out if you're affected by any of this Um, as danielle expresses in here there is support out there for you Um, and we're here to support you too and and we're, we're looking to pair up with organizations like abc life support to support small business owners out there that are feeling isolated so please, please do get in touch if that's you. So enjoy this episode. We're talking profit equals impact and local mental health and vulnerability and the superhero syndrome and being an empath in this world in this new mad, crazy situation we're in right now and, and how that affects people like Danielle who are a pillar of support to people out there and how she's dealing with this herself. <laughs> Okay, I want to welcome Danielle Bridge, CEO and founder of ABC Life Support. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Alex. Lovely to see you. It's good to see you. It feels like forever since I have seen you. How long have we been in lockdown now? Two months, I think. Is this eight weeks? It's a long time. It's crazy. And considering I'm used to bumping into you almost every day in the the high street of St. Eats, your offices are across the way from ours. Yeah. Um, I'm missing bumping into so many people like Paul Pankhurst and the guys from Bohemia and Shum and all that little, that little network of people we've got around us. I'm missing all of that. I imagine you are too. Oh, absolutely. Our little community is so tight and so appreciative of one another. Um, it's, it's, it leaves a gaping hole when, when it's not there, right? So it's funny, I'm, I walked over to the office today to go and collect some stuff and I saw Bohemia putting their takeout you know, on the wall. Yeah, I know. How exciting window. is that? Yeah, I know. I can't wait. I literally stood outside just going, oh my God, I'm so grateful to see you. I'm so good to see you. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it lovely though to see the support? And you probably, you're like me, very community driven. Um, you know, you want to see the high street booming, not even just for the wider benefit of that, but actually selfishly, I just want nice places to go and nice places Absolutely. to eat. And it's yeah. just so amazing to see the support of people and society for small independent businesses like Bohemia and Moore's Walk and Shum and all the other businesses that are now suddenly doing takeouts and whatever else. It's, it's great to watch. Yeah, it is. Although it's interesting because at home we tend not to have takeout very often. You know, it's like a treat, a once a week thing. But since we have been locked down in lockdown, we've decided to support our local businesses, especially our local eateries. Which um, which doesn't help really with the waistline, Alex. I'm <laughs> well, we had buffalo last night. Actually, we had buffalo. It was oh, it's stunning. It is just amazing. And I recently have been having stuff from the Bridge House, which is just yum. And Paul Paul Pankhurst and I will text one another and say, oh, you know what, you having this Thursday, um, which is really bad. But um, yeah, it's lovely to be able to support them in any way, shape, or form. Really. Yeah, no, I love I love that. I think there's been a real activation for 
um, support for small businesses and independent businesses. And it's, it's lovely to see it really is. So let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's have, so the, the, you know, the premise for this episode, um, as I explained to you before we got on here was really, I want to give, uh, people that listen to this an insight into social enterprises and uh, businesses like yours that really, really are. And, and I like to think that a lot of entrepreneurs or most entrepreneurs the, with people that have a true connection to entrepreneurship, uh, focus their efforts and what they build on impact and it's about impact on the world in whatever whatever that means to them but a social enterprise for me is like a real commitment to say i'm just doing this to make impact because it's not a you know a huge profit making exercise it's about you know giving people opportunities to serve a passion a similar passion to something you've created which you have created and i've met your team they all well they are all just as in, uh, as uh, passionate about delivering what you do as as you do so, you know, can you just give us a, just a, a kind of a headline view of what ABC Life Support is and how it came about? Because you're 10 years, 10 years old. Yes, 10 years. It was in March. Um, it was an amazing little party we had here at the office to celebrate our 10 years. And then, you know, the bottom fell out of the world, as it, as it were. So, yeah, very bittersweet year this year, 2020, really, for, 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 the, you know, for, for a lot of people. Um, it's interesting that you talked about social enterprise and, and, or social entrepreneurship and how most entrepreneurs want to give back. And it's interesting because quite a lot of, of what I call standard businesses in the sense that they, they're not a social enterprise will often have um, a charitable arm or they will give back or they will have like a, a a charitable foundation or something like that in order to kind of mitigate all of the profit that they do make to make them feel better about their organization which is fantastic um abc love sport decided to have that in its very statute so it, it actually has it in its a you know in, in the way in which it's structured and so abc love sport is a crc which is stands for community interest company and that means that we are designed and built specifically with um, impact in mind, our community in mind. Um, but interesting, over the past 10 years, having conversations with people about social um, enterprises has been mixed. Um, because some some people hear that you're a social enterprise and they think, oh, okay, we well, can't be taking your business very seriously because mm. you know you're a charity and then we kind of don't really do charity. Or oh, I give to or our organisation gives to charity. We kind of don't need any more than that. So we've had to fight um, tooth and nail to try and explain what a social enterprise is. So the way in which our business model is set up is that we are a first aid training company. We deliver physical and, and mental health first aid training to organizations across the UK and individuals as well in the community. That's what we do. The social enterprise part of that basically means that if an organization approaches us to deliver mandatory first day training, for example, we would deliver that for them. In the background, any profit we make, we then offer the same service to vulnerable or disadvantaged or disenfranchised individuals via the community engagement that they already have with agencies. So for example, one of our clients at the moment is, um, well, Bernardo's family, Bernardo's, the, the charity, yeah. they're a big client of ours and they run quite a lot of the family centers that we deliver first aid training to. And during lockdown, one thing that they've found difficult is supporting their families. Um, they found it difficult to be able to support the parents of the children, you know, that come to the family centers. And first aid is a really, really important life skill. And so what they've done is approach us to access our online training for parents, which is about an hour and a half online. 
and they have bought that from us at cost so we don't make any money from that nice so we've provided them with the with the platform to be able to offer this really really important life-saving skill to their service users and because we've made profit from our courses to corporates in the in the in the past we've got pockets of, of money or you know uh, profit that we can use to offset that and that's kind of how our business is run so we never say no to anybody we always offer a couple of charitable rates um seats on each of our courses nice. so that, for example our mental health first aid is quite expensive um but we have a couple of seats on each course that we offer out to people at highly subsidized prices we offer a price plan so that if people you know can't afford it all now then they can pay off little bits before they come on the course just so that we can have it accessible to everybody because here at ABC Love Support it's first aid for all you know nobody um, is is beyond our training no and it's and it's usually those organizations that can't afford it um, that need it the most absolutely yes wow so, that that is that is pure impact that is yep. working as an entrepreneur to sell something and and that's enabled you and me, almost made you make sure that the branding's great which it is um the you know the products are fantastic you you know you're all very well trained at delivering that training you, you're good speakers singers some of you um, <laughs> um and it, and you're right that, that's really important point right there is that you're not you know you're not a charity you're a business and you know you just give a lot more and you've actually made a you know that we are going to give a percentage of everything we do at a discount rate or otherwise to to the rest of the world that's amazing that's thank you and it's and it's interesting because people say you know you you're a non-profit or a not-for-profit and i i heard somebody say it once so i'm not going to take credit for it at all but they said instead of saying you know that entrep uh, social entrepreneurs are not um, non-profit we should say we're more than profit and it's not about profit being a problem because people think that if you're a social entrepreneur that you think that profit is disgusting and all these people are making money for themselves totally not that most social entrepreneurs come from a place of um of experience in doing what it is they do so they've seen the other side of of business and what they then choose to do with their money is to access that demographic perhaps they've been touched by um themselves because because that's the way in which they they would think and that's not saying that profit-making organizations are bad evil horrible no. things it's totally not it just it normally it's like social workers so social workers normally become social workers because they've been touched by something themselves and yeah. social entrepreneurship isn't any different so okay so that's interesting so what then and i'm going to allude to a conversation we had a little while ago a few years ago now this is when end of month gathering was a a few of us around a table at a curry house and i think you were unfortunate enough to be sat opposite me and justin lee for <laughs> for the duration and that was it then it was like so why are you doing what you're doing danielle and you i don't know it's one of them you know but because because the the conversation in entrepreneurship is very much about creating freedom for yourself you think about the reasons behind a lot of entrepreneurs journey and you ask them the question why are you in business oh i want to create freedom for myself um you know i want to create profitable organizations da, 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 da. you were very open to say well financially i'm okay and actually i'm i'm, I'm from a financial position i'm all right but i'm trying to find that motivation from within and well, you found that you've got that in you. Um, but I think, I think that's a really powerful thing that you, when you're focused, I think we call it emotional profit. 
right? Mm. So it's emotional profit. You're, you're focused on impact and making a difference in people's lives. That's got to be a bigger driving force than cash in the bank. Yeah. And I remember you and I having a conversation after that, actually, when I said to you, actually following on from that conversation um, about whether or not that's changed for me. And in the, in the past, maybe past year, actually, that drive to make profit has become much, much bigger for me. Mm. And ironically, it's not necessarily for my pockets. Yeah, that's not my motivation. No. But the more money I can make as a company means the bigger impact I can have on more people. So whereas I was saying, well, actually, it's not about money. It doesn't really ma matter. It's all about impact. I've changed my mind on that. You know, I flipped back and said, actually, it does matter because the more money that I can make as a, as a business and as an entrepreneur within ABC Life Support, it means that there will be exponentially more people that I can support. And, and so my drive for profit, my drive for, 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 for business um, has grown uh, um, much bigger um, from that original chat that we had round the table. And it might have been even impacted by you, uh, Justin, <laughs> saying, actually, you need to be thinking about making more money to be able to help more people. Because before, I think it was a bit more of an altruistic, oh, well, you know, it's not about the cash. Yeah, you know, yeah. So Pac-Man, you know, I don't need the money. Going to flow, you were flowing. Yeah, exactly. Really. No, that drive is now, you know, that, that seed has been planted in me now to say, yes, I still feel those things, but everything is set up to automatically take care of that altruistic position. Now, the impact I can have is to actually drive profit and to drive more more business to be able to have a, a, a wider impact across across the country, really. Which you're having because you make a lot of noise. I've seen, you know, wherever, wherever, wherever I go, people know who you are, whether you know it or not, you know, you are making a lot of noise with what you're doing and, and you're a fantastic character in the person that you are, but actually that's embedded now. I feel like it's embedded in your organization and your branding. You know, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah. You, when you're not in a room, I can tell you now, you, your brand stands strong. So don't you, don't Thank you worry you. about that. And it's, um, Thank you. Yeah, and it's right. You're right. We we did the same with the ironing shop. I've got long long term. Um, we've got a long term ambition. My my grandma started the ironing shop 39 years ago. It's got to a point now where that business, right, fine. Right now, it's right now it's not doing much at all, as you know. But it'll be back in two weeks' time. I'm I'm told. Um, we want to set that business up so any any profits it makes beyond its running costs and and providing a living for the people that work for it give to give those profits to a charity um, that supports Alzheimer's research, which is with my, my grandma, unfortunately, um, died from the, the, this having this disease. So, you know, it's my way of going there. It's not a social enterprise, but it's a, it's my way of building a business, making profit. I could have right from the start, you know, just said, Oh, well, every year we'll give a hundred pounds or whatever to this charity, but actually, no, I'm going to build the business mm -hmm. and use a business as a vehicle to make long-term impact well beyond my own energy in my own time. Mm. And mm. I think it's, I think, I think that a lot more, a lot of, I think the next generation of entrepreneurs, I think we'll see a lot more businesses like yours coming through because, you know, social impacts. I mean, you speak to 18 year olds now that want to get into entrepreneurship. They, these are, these are world changers. These kids care. I didn't yeah. care when I was that age about this sort of thing. I was, I was the guy, yeah, I want the Ferrari and I want the, you know, <laughs> I was trying to prove the world a point that I am all right. I'm going to be, I'm good enough. And therefore I need to have all these things. My mindset has completely changed over the years about that sort of thing. I'm not, I'm not materialistic at all in that sense. And, and, you know, getting that car or getting that watch or uh, getting that house or whatever else, I think they are great 
reward mechanisms and they're good reminders and people should be proud of the material things they have if they have meaning to them don't buy those things to look for meaning I'm, I'm buying it so i can remember you know what i deserve that car when i left the corporate world and i was like well i've done my i've, I've grinded that 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 life you know to get myself out to a position where i could start my own business i got the car i wanted mm. i'm very proud i got the car i wanted i was like well i've earned that i've worked my butt off for this and i want to make you know that's my little reward for me but i think that i, I think what you're doing and how you set up your business, I see that as I see a lot more businesses setting up like that. And if you come across any business in the last few years that are starting, I'm thinking about David Duke yeah. with Tally Ho Project. Yeah, because and it's it's interesting. Yes, yeah, so David, Chris, you know, um, there's a lady who I was speaking to um, uh, yesterday, Claire. She she runs a CIC in Luton for, for many many years. She's been running hers, which is all about helping people with mental health in the community, and it's. It's the language of the youth. It is. It's something quite, um, quite now. I mean, like I said, ABC Life Sports been ten years. It's ten years old. When I first started out, the CRC model wasn't available. So I started off as a limited company um, and changed our status in 2012 when when CRC became um, accessible. And people were saying to me, "Why? Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "Well, it's really important to me that people get access." to the first day training if they can't afford it and this is the only way i can do i can do that and they're like well, why would you do that and then i obviously tell them my story about my mum and i and my brother living in a refuge and not having access to to, to money and food and let, let alone first day training when we could have been um on the receiving end of any emergency in 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 that home which was you know held held families a lot of families mm. um, in trauma mental health trauma um and I said to my mum, you know, I could have choked and you wouldn't have known what to do. She goes, no, I wouldn't have known what to have done because there was no NCT group for me to kind of jump on or, you know, there was no classes at the local family centre. And I'm like, man, this first aid skill needs to be available for everyone. And that's where it came from. Mm. And so most people, like I said before, build businesses like this because of an experience that they don't ever want other people to go through themselves. But the, the language we have around accessibility and social impact now is the is the language of, of, of the youth coming up, which is beautiful to see because they won't have to kick and fight like I did. You know, the, 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 the pavement has been laid for them in order to express that as a genuine business opportunity to run a CIC. Whereas before, people didn't even know what CIC was, you know. Right. Speaking to corporate organisations, I would keep the CIC off of, off of the business name just in case they asked what it was. They were like, what's the CIC? And I'd be like, oh gosh, here we go. Um, <laughs> well, it just basically means that and you have to defend your choice. And I used to say, oh, we're ABC Life Support Limited. And they go, okay, fine, because you see the word limited at the end of your business. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're a legitimate business, so yeah. therefore, you know, we'll take you on. <laughs> but um, same CIC came a bit as, uh, across as a bit hippie, hippie-ish, so, <laughs> but not, and not anymore, because the whole language has changed now. No, uh, and it's, it's a power, it's a superpower. Mm, it's, a, yes. it's, a, it's something that it's, it's, almost, it's a USP that probably actually enables work for you now because people will embrace that as a oh, I'd love I, they will celebrate that they're working with you because you know, we only we hired ABC Life Support because we know that when we've been giving them money that we know that's going to go on past that that same impact they're going to have on our staff onto people that can't afford that absolutely yes and it's a warm fuzzy feeling right mm. and you know in terms of 
your mental health I, I we use ours as a corporate social responsibility pitch you know if you have you thought about corporate responsibility a social responsibility and they go well you know we've, we've got a charity that we give i said no 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 that's not necessarily corporate social responsibility that's you giving to charity in your very essence of your general workings of your business you can access corporate social responsibility you yeah. can buy from a carbon neutral company you can buy from your 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 mandatory training from an organization like ours so you get what you have to have by law but we will do the bits on your behalf so yeah. there's so many different ways that a company can access corporate social responsibility and working with social enterprises is just one of them and I, and and thinking about from from kind of my angle in the small business and startup world where equally they don't have the same amount of budget as some of the bigger businesses that, that you you tend to work with bigger teams and, and, and medium-sized businesses is that fair mm -hmm. to say you, you a lot of your work comes from kind of medium-sized businesses yes yeah so, absolutely you know getting them to understand that and it's funny i was having a conversation with a good friend of mine who's been who works in he's a communications manager for a very large global organization we were talking about corporate social responsibility and we were talking about it for small business it hasn't been it hasn't really been widely adopted yet and and i i, I agree with you it's a it's a it's a principle it's a way of buying it's a way it's a way of it's your thinking when buying things where does that money go where where does that you, know, you say it's your eco-friendly, which is you've, you've decided that that's a thing for you because you think it's a nice USP. But actually, what does that mean to be that? Mm. What does it mean to be that and live and breathe that? Well, that's a responsibility. You put that on your marketing, whatever else. Well, you need to live and breathe that. I think small businesses are starting to embrace that. And I mean, you having you around uh, in shifties and, you know, it, you've integrated very much into the community. You've come and done talks for us. You've entertained us. You've, you know, been having conversations with other small business owners mm. on the mental health side of things so i'm going to lean to that side of what you do and the conversations you have the questions you that you ask to these other small business owners in our community how, how do you are you keeping in touch with them or you know how are they coping with them you know with their with this current situation are you get have any experiences there that you're thinking oh blimey we need to be doing more um, locally or where's your head at with with local mental health so yeah it's a really tough question alex and i think the problem you have with mental health which is shown itself actually so much more now during this crisis than we ever discussed beforehand was people's fear of, of still have a fear of talking about things that are uncomfortable yeah. even though the whole of the world is uncomfortable right now you know everybody's double checking themselves about their emotions and how they're feeling whether or not they're right to be feeling like this you know you and i have had conversations about the way in which business is going for some people and being fearful to talk about the, the good the positives because other people are losing their jobs and other people have been furloughed and other people don't know what's going to happen um which is life right that's literally life itself before and it will continue to be that after this crisis but people mentally don't know how to process this because it's never happened before in our lifetime so how is it that people are going to process the mental uh, the the emotional fallout is what i call it you know from from this from this crisis and the answer is 
people just talk about it. Every conversation I have, and I've had a lot of conversations, has started off with, how are you feeling during this very weird time? You know, it is literally that acknowledgement. It's nice though, isn't that nice? Yeah, it is. But that's all we can ask for because fundamentally, if somebody is really struggling with this, then I don't think that they're necessarily going to have the confidence to be able to speak about it if they were not prepared to speak about this sort of level of, of, of emotion before COVID took place, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's hard because although we know people are suffering, people are not talking about it in, in a deeper level because they don't really know what the problem is. And nobody knows what the problem is. You know, I, I spoke to, I did a um, Instagram uh, stories the other day, um, which talked about me saying, you know, one minute you're up, one minute you're down, one minute you're up, next you're down, next you're crying, next you're anxious, next minute you're actually coping really well. You know, there's a birth over there, somebody dies, either COVID or non-COVID, just life takes place. Oh, way oh, way yeah, it, oh, way it, it, oh. Is, it is, <laughs> but those emotions are now just a lot more heightened. Yeah. So although the ups and downs of life are continuing, the impact of them are a lot more sensitive. They, you know, that you can feel it in the air, it's palpable. Um, all I'm asking people to do during this time is to acknowledge that that's okay, it's normal. It's a normal reaction right now, however your feeling is normal. And if that is good, it's normal. If it's bad, it's normal. If you're confused, it's normal. If you're anxious, it's normal. Because these are all the emotions of human, human, you know, human nature it's how long they're lasting for and the impact they're having on your life which then starts the other conversations and there normally can only be answered by the people that are closest to those people and that's yeah and that's it yeah what i've noticed and i love it is that we're if you think of traditional networking you think think back a couple of years ago and you go to a networking event you know not not shifty's one because we all open and we're honest with each other yes very but go to another you know, another networking event that you may not be used to that space, that space. You go, so you ask someone, yeah, how is things? Yeah, business is awesome, man. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Cool. And then everyone's saying that and you walk out and you're like, but I'm not, my business isn't all right. I feel, oh shit. Well, I'm yeah. like, you know, now the conversation with, with anyone, I'm speaking to, I'm speaking to global CEOs right down to, I've just started up around the corner in the shed. You know, I'm speaking to different bit leaders around the world right now, making a point of it five, six times a day, just to understand. And everyone, I love how that barrier has just gone, gone. Yeah. The barrier's gone. And it's okay to not be okay. Absolutely. And it's, and it's so, it's lovely. Yeah, I, it I, is. I, I just hope we hold that beyond this because it's okay. Because that's where, as we've seen, We've seen it with startups. We see it with anyone who comes in the shifties. They they come in with this kind of, with their oh they oh, they call it they call it bump. They call it bump, <laughs> and they've got all their uh, leaflets and their banners and all that. I was like, yeah, chuck that away. You don't need that in here. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I want to speak to you, Danielle. I want to speak to you as a person. Let me build a connection with you, and let's see how we can help each other grow our businesses together. That message needs to carry beyond this because that's the future. Mm-hmm. That's the future of entrepreneurship is about helping each other, supporting each other, growing together, not I win, you lose. Yeah. I really, I'm just hopeful that we don't forget these times. We don't forget these conversations we're having long down six months, nine months, 12 months, whenever we're out of this situation. I don't want to go back. To, I don't want to go back to it. I mm-hmm. love this. You know, we, we've said it before. We've had many conversations. What, what we have, we as humans have problems with things we don't talk about money, sex, relationships, yeah. mental health. 
Yeah. Let's talk about this stuff. And now we're talking about money and politics. I'm having a conversation with Doris around the corner about, you know, they know, they know everyone in the government now. We People know who Matt Hancock is. They know who Richie is. They know who Boris is. They, and they have empathy or they have anger or whatever they have towards But they've them. got something. We're talking about it. Mm-hmm. That allows us to have an open conversation regardless. I find people have very strong opinions in some cases, and that's fine. We let people do that. We're talking about money. We're talking about like, what's going on in our heads. We're talking about relationships that we have. And, and, these, and when you do that, problems are solved. You know, I don't know, you, you, have, you run within your organization, you have these lifelines, phone operations where you're there available for staff members. Are you seeing a reduction in what some people would label as mental health challenges, problems? You know, are you saying people, I, I don't know, I feel like anxiety, I'll use anxiety as an example, and I'd say this, and I must find the podcast episode, I'll send it to you. And in this podcast, I heard this, anxiety in a situation like this is a superpower because you've already mapped out all these worst case scenarios and now you're in it. <laughs> you actually, you're ahead of the person who was going, yeah, I'm super confident. I'm going with the flow, whatever else. And then suddenly they're going to, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anxious over here. Super anxious. It's like, I've already run this scenario 18 times. I've had about 20 sleepless nights over it. Yeah, so, yeah. so these, these anxious people are coming to the, they're, they're, this is a strength right now. Yeah. And it is, it is interesting you say, and it, obviously I've, I've just got to be very careful with the of fact course. that when we talk about things like anxiety, one person's anxiety is completely different no, from I somebody know. else's no, anxiety. But in terms of it being something, anxiety is there to keep us alive. You know, that's pretty much what it's that's there for. The it's, it's to keep you alive. It's to keep you safe. And that can become crippling sometimes when it becomes hypersensitive and you, or you don't challenge that. But people in the mental health field have been kind of we've we're not not been we've not been hooping about it but it's almost like a very loose no 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 we kind of told you so yeah that you know everybody that we talks about in business you're going to need to look after your staff you're going to need to appreciate that instead of you know use that analogy for for networking people come in and you have to scratch the surface to people to yeah. find out what makes them tick what i love about the shift is is that actually you go in there and that the, the surface is already gone do you know what i mean we are we are living from from what it is that we've got underneath that's yeah. come to the forefront to then make you either more resilient in business which helps you to, to put up a, a barrier to you know to difficult emotions for example in business so you already come into the shifties as a as a whole person ready to move out into wherever it is you need and build those strengths for whatever it is but most businesses you're right do not they don't do that when you go into networks they're very much business driven and, and you buy from people you know you buy from people not not from 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 being being um sold to i can't stand that you know it's it's old school it's yeah but there's so many people that are still you know delivering their businesses that way or running their businesses that way you know this is what i do you need it you should buy it from me well actually no i've never ever sold to anybody that didn't want to be sold to Mm. i'm not there to to sell to you you need it government but we buy from you that's it (laughs) you're available to be bought from exactly you know so the mental the mental health stuff is really really interesting because we know that because of the fact that nobody's ever been through this this type of trauma before, and it is trauma, mm. um, we don't know what the end results are going to be. So any existing mental health models have to be looked at differently. And mm. we can't use a blanket approach to say, well, actually, this is what you need for this, and this is what you need for that. I know people who have not left their house mm. for eight weeks. Wow. Can you imagine? I know people that have not left 
for eight weeks. And I mean, have stopped even taking the dogs out because their anxiety is telling them actually they've just got to go out and touch something and then that's it. They're going to give it to their kids and then it's going to, yeah, so that, yeah. you know, but then you have some people who are like, well, you know, actually um, I was all right the first couple of weeks. I mean, it's interesting. I didn't speak to anyone for the first, first three weeks of this, Alex. I was in a really, really weird, horrible place where I felt quite paralyzed to be able to speak because I didn't want to come across as having the answers to this because nobody does. Because everyone looks to you for answers. That's why you <laughs> are a superhero. You're, you have superheroes. I, I call it superhero syndrome. We will put everyone else before ourselves. Absolutely. We'll crash at some point. I've crashed. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to say it. I, I, I've crashed hard. Well, I had an emotional breakdown live on Facebook. You know, yeah, you were there. It's a, thing. it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, Alex. It was. And, it, you know, that kind of interaction for me is one of the most powerful things that you could ever give anybody the gift of. So, you know, it, but it is, it's, it's real and it's scary. And if people see that you as, as the superhero, if you like, um, have embrace have it, you are embrace it <laughs> exactly you're speaking your truth and if people see that you can be vulnerable then it means that they get the permission to be vulnerable Absolutely. and you have to you have to kind of lead from example i've done the same i've, I've delivered training courses before and cried my eyes out and said look i'm really sorry guys but that one got me and i wasn't expecting you to um but just bear with me but i'm a bit of a cry so i don't mind you know that yeah, kind of someone give me a are. hug <laughs> yeah, yeah you are who you are so mentally this this um this this time in our in our society is going to be long lasting and enduring and that's what we need to be aware of this isn't going to be right guys let's um provide a service for the next three months for you to be able to speak to you on a day-to-day -day basis this is a right mental health and the mental that you know your mental health needs to become one of the most important things you safeguard now. Part of the curriculum. It's got to be part of the curriculum. Oh, don't get me started about that. I, won't, I, won't get, I haven't got enough yeah. time to go into it. Exactly. You and I have had so many conversations about the <laughs> national curriculum. I don't even want to start today. No, no, but you no. should do. You should do a podcast on one of them. It'd be very interesting. Oh, hell yeah. We'll get into it. And we'll get someone on here who makes decisions like that. Yes, uh, let's do it. See yeah. we, see, get them in a room with us and let's see what we can do. We'll change the national curriculum. So I'd like to, I'd like to just, you know, a couple, couple more things. Um, one you, on you, leading on to what you're saying there, you know, you have so many people that lean on you. I know not just as an employer, but as a mum, as a friend. I imagine in your social network, I imagine you probably pay, play quite a key pillar in that as well. You know, how are you coping? Who are you speaking to? Have you got people that you can speak to about, you know, how you're feeling about things? How do you deal with those challenges? That three weeks, how did you, you know, what, what was your shift moment, if you like, in all of this that led you to a point where you can come here and be you on this podcast and have a conversation, drive your message as you do so well in your business? Where was your moment in all of this where you went, you know what, I've gone through the, I've, got, I've hit the bottom, I've, 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 I've now bounced back. Where was your bounce back moment? So a couple of questions there. Um, I, I found it really hard and I remember you and I did, um, well, I think it was Justin and I actually at the Shifties, uh, we did a talk on what, 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 who are you to people? And Ryan and I had a conversation, you know, who are you? Yeah, it was a great session. Yeah. Who, who are you to people? And I think it's it really interesting how in your social network, you as a person are something to somebody. And I've got a friend of mine who's a lot older than me. I think she's about 15 years older than me. And she says to me, Danielle, even though you're 15 years younger to me, than me, I've always come to you for, for advice and information because you just seem to have a really level head on your shoulders. 
And that's, that's, that's been my whole life. I just happen to have been that kind of person. And I've realized very early on that um, I have a lot to say. You know, and, and I, no. I, gave up, <laughs> I gave up giving advice a long time ago. And you and I have ha talked about advice yeah, and how yeah. dangerous that is to, to give, when, especially when it's not wanted. Um, but I don't give advice anymore. But it is about that non-judgmental listening and that empathy that I have in droves. And if you're an empath, it can be quite um, exhausting to give because people kind of give you their stuff and yeah. you take it all on and then in my case my shift moment is my mum so my mum lives with with me in the in the annex she's uh, we're socially distancing at the moment she lives in the annex at the back of the house because she's an nhs key worker she's a mental health social worker my mum yeah. and she's amazing and she's doing her job from home at the moment and i am very 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 lucky to a be extremely close to her and b to kind of have my own mental health professional um on my doorstep <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when it was all going really wrong for me in the sense that I was in a really difficult place um I went to her and just said look I'm really struggling and she said babes everybody is you know it's it's completely normal for you to feel this way and you just gotta ride it out but you know that you're safe you know you're doing everything you need to do you wash because every time I went to Waitrose Alex I'd have a panic attack you know like yeah. oh gosh I've got to go into Waitrose and what if I touch this and bring it back to the children and then my my mental health head would kick on and say Danielle you're catastrophizing you know you're catastrophizing and having these conversations with myself um and doing the work should I say with myself and then getting into that habit, that routine of understanding that that's going to happen pretty much every time I go. But I know it's going to happen because the anxiety is designed to keep me safe. Yeah, it nice. doesn't want me to go and get um, any more chocolate from Waitrose. <laughs> chocolate is not an essential item. <laughs> so it was designed to try and keep me safe. And understanding and doing that work for me was my shift moment. And my mum was absolutely key in helping me get there and i know and i appreciate how very very lucky i am to have her um as as kind of that that voice on my shoulder that just says you know you're all right this is absolutely fine and go with it and and even using that with my own kind of um consultations if you like with my mates just appreciating that everybody's going through a bit of a rough time and there's no clear answer but yeah. however you're feeling today is how you're feeling right i think you i think people will take a lot of comfort from hearing that danielle i think to be honest i think a lot of people because everyone looks for we again I mean, we allude to many conversations we've had in the past but you know we're always looking for an answer what's the answer how was the solution to my problem and well guess what the solution is you are where you are absolutely you, you feel shit that's fine yeah and it is what great, it is, it is, it is what, i love that saying you know because it's just explained so much it is what it is you feel pants it is what it is have you tried meditating you know i don't want to meditate today i want to eat my my central chocolate and watch tv and and cry well fine if that's going to make you feel good then go for it you know there's i don't have the answers to what people no. need they've got to find them themselves and whatever their answer is is their answer you know yeah. but it's just and, a matter of reaching you, out you and abc life support and what you do and what you deliver and what you teach is is that toolkit to have that be able to have that conversation with yourself and if you're an employer or a key pillar in your social units to be able to be that person to ask the right questions and be a good listener because we've said it before you don't we don't it's not about what you say it's it's about how you listen are you qualified to listen yeah yeah and it sounds like your mum is very qualified to listen <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but the thing is, we're terrible because she doesn't always just listen. Trust me, you oh, know. No, I bet. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, she... though, yeah. That's <laughs> the mum in her. That's the mum in her. That's not. It's not. Yeah. Oh, don't blame her. Absol- <laughs> oh, absolutely, and you know, I need that sometimes. But it is. It is. You're so right. In the 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 magic is is about listening and being understood. Yeah. All right. Not not necessarily even having the the answers but it's about being being listened to and actually you know in, in terms of our new service which is that listening service that's all we do we sit on the end of the phone and just listen to people and their concerns and their problems and give them some reassurance about the decisions that they've made have been the right one and to not pass down any judgment and to just sit there and be a friendly ear on the end of a phone and that's fundamentally what it's like to be a good listener right it's a very powerful tool to be able to be listened to well, we're listening to you now on this podcast, and um, it's been a ple- it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you. Would you Would you just 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 to sign off talking about some of these new services? I just want to talk a last last thing. Really, is some of these new services that you're talking about these the listening services that you're implementing amidst all obviously you're usually doing person training so a yeah. lot of that stopped and and it's on hold right now. I know you've got some stuff happening and some some things in the pipeline. But could you just, um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you to enable any of this or get involved in any of the stuff that you're doing, could you just give us a, a run, quick run through on what that, that looks like? Of course. So we're, we're just about to go live on some mental health first aid training that we're going to be doing online um, for youth. So youth mental health first aid, which is effectively if anybody is looking after anybody um, in the youth sector, it's just to give them an indication about um, signs and symptoms of mental illness. We know that 75% of mental health challenges happen before, you know, children reach adulthood, yeah. um, which is really difficult. So we teach people about that. That's going online now, um, as well as adult mental health, which is fantastic for workplaces. Um, in terms of the, the the listening service, as an organisation, we are working with organisations, so we don't have a public line, but no. we know that CPSL Mind, for example, here in our area, um, are are offering a, a, a lifeline for people, Lifeline Plus, I think it is, for people to be able to access if they are wanting a friendly ear, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing service and I do totally um, vouch for, the, for that organisation. But as a company, we are looking to work with organisations that need that kind of service. Um, but all of our courses are now going online now. So anybody's interested in physical or mental health first aid or just to gain a, a, a better understanding of those subjects, just drop us a line, come onto our website, www.abclovesupport.co.uk or our Facebook page um, and you'll see all of the information that you need there and it'll be a pleasure to have you. Lovely, lovely. Well, Lifeline, the, the, the charity you mentioned is the charity that we will be supporting with our viral video attempt with our We're Still Here campaign. Still here. Fantastic. Um, so we're actually um, donating all, all of the funds that we raised through that to that charity you mentioned as well. So, and thank you for putting me in touch with them in the first place. Pleasure. No problem. So you, uh, you know, you're this... helping us beyond what you even believe you're helping us. Oh, with. thank you. No, it's a pleasure. And, you know, I, I'm all up for kind of just like you, you know, the whole shift is, is based upon, you said it earlier, helping each other. And there is enough out there to be able to help one another come up, right? So yeah, it's brilliant. Really, really, really uh, good Well, be strong, Danielle. I cannot Thank wait you. to have a good drink with you when this is all over. Yeah, and a hug. And I'm a such a hugger, hug. I swear oh. to goodness. It is so hard, like, not being able to kind of grab people. I know that sounds a bit weird, but, you know, I do, <laughs> I'm a massive hugger. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's, it's been really hard for me to just hug my children, but it's fine. At least I've got my kids and my husband's hugs. I'm all right. I've just got two big fat Labradors to hug. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. They do. 
Thank you Thank so you, much, Alex. Daniel, again, and I'll see you soon. All right, gorgeous. Take care. So there you have it. Danielle Bridge, CEO and founder of ABC Life Support. Thank you so much for, for joining us on this podcast. Um, what, a, what an amazing interview. Just I've known Danielle for a little while and our conversations are always like that. So I'm so happy we managed to capture this. And you know, please do share it with other people that, that you think would take some inspiration and some comfort from this, this um, podcast episode. Um, it's a bit different than what we've had before with the Shifties Live. Um, and I, I'm st I will start to vary this up. And we've got some great guests lined up. If I'm honest, this episode was supposed to be uh, combined with two others, uh, later guests, uh, the due episode five and episode six, uh, with Chris Thatcher and David Duca all talking about social enterprises. Um, so, But the, the conversation was just so good. And, and so thought-provoking, it needed to be an episode in its own right. So again, thank you so much for listening. Um, join Shifty's community if that's you, if you're a business owner that wants to co-grow, that wants to engage with our entrepreneurial efforts, um, you're very welcome to join us. And uh, again, just another shout-out as we, as we finished on their Lifeline Plus from CPSL Minds. They're an amazing charity. They're there to support people in isolation. Uh, we've got our campaign kicking off. Uh, the video is being released uh, week commencing 18th of May. Uh, once that video is released, please do share it, donate, you know, put put the video in front of people to, so they can realize that the you know, small business owners that are watching that realize they're not alone. We will get through this and we are stronger together. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time.